0: How many of you are preparing for a trip next week? Spring break? Nobody? I see a few hands. We obviously saw a whole bunch of kids up front who are preparing for a trip. It's uh, exciting to prepare for a trip, isn't it? We have that sense of expectation. We think about what we're going to do and the fun we're going to have, especially if it's a vacation. And the things we're looking forward to, maybe the people we're going to see and it's excited to prepare for it. But that's only if the trip is fun, isn't it? Maybe you've taken another kind of trip. Maybe it's for a a loved one who's sick and near death and you want to go visit them. You know it's probably the last time. It's a whole different thing to prepare for that kind of trip, isn't it? Or maybe you're preparing for a trip to go somewhere because you have advanced illness and you are going to try some experimental treatment and you're going to a special clinic somewhere. Um, It's much harder to prepare for a trip like that, isn't it? The nature of the trip has everything to do with how we view those preparations and whether we're excited about them or they're hard. We're getting ready to uh, start a trip. Not just to Easter, but a trip that Jesus took. Uh, Today we're seven weeks away from Easter. I know it doesn't feel like that outside, does it? But it'll all be gone by then, don't worry about it. But it's really not the trip to Easter that I want us to focus on, it's Jesus' final trip to Jerusalem that I want us to think about, because that's when it happened. And we're going to see that Jesus knew what this trip was about. He knew what lie at the end of this trip. And still he made the trip. Think about how hard that must have been for him to prepare for this trip knowing it was his last trip. And not just his last trip because he's getting old and he's not going to be able to make anymore. It was his last trip because he was going to die at the end of this trip. A sinless man, as Jerry and Levi shared in the communion meditation, a sinless man who had no reason to die, but who was going to choose to take all of our sins and die as a sinner. We're told something interesting about Jesus in Luke 9.51. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven... Isn't that an interesting way Luke describes this? Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. I think the old King James says he set his face toward Jerusalem. And there's two concepts in there, and I want us to capture both of them. One is it's like he shifted his gaze. And and I am now headed to Jerusalem, Jesus said. That's part of the concept there. But it's not just shifting your gaze, it's also that word resolute. I am going to go there no matter what. Nothing is going to distract me, nothing is going to hinder or stop me. I am going to Jerusalem, knowing what is waiting for him there. But the time came where Jesus knew it's time to go to Jerusalem. And he focused on making that final trip. And there's numerous times in the Gospels where we read other things where it says, Jesus didn't, it wasn't his time yet. Or the time had not yet come. And we hear that on several occasions. And we start to understand that God and Jesus clearly had this plan. And there were certain things that needed to happen first. And there were certain preparations that needed to occur and get ready But when all of that was in place, it would be the right time. And about 33 years ago, about about 2,000 and whatever years ago, about this time of the year, leading up to Passover, Jesus said, it's finally time. It's time for me to go. And I wonder what, I I think it's hard for us to imagine what that must have been like for him to realize what was at the end of the trip. But he said, I need to do this. I'm going to go. We hear a little bit more about it. If you want to turn over to John 12, I want to read several sections out of this chapter where Jesus talks about this. First of all, starting with verse 23. 3, he's talking to the disciples, and he said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Again, notice like Luke, Luke focused on the positive outcome. Jesus, it's time for him to go to heaven. John says here, it's time, Jesus says it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. How will that happen? On a cross and his resurrection. The hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus said that about himself. He was the seed that had to die. Then jump down to verse 27. My now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. No, Father, glorify your name. And Jesus sets out on this journey, heading to Jerusalem. We're going to go with him. I've called this sermon series, Journey to Easter. And over the next seven or actually eight weeks, if you count both Sundays on the ends, I want us to walk with Jesus on this journey so that we can watch Him as He knows what's coming and He intentionally, resolutely sets His face to Jerusalem. Now, it's not like me and you who make a trip and we get on the interstate and how soon can we get there? You know, and if we drive straight through, we can probably do this in 20 hours, That's not the kind of trip Jesus took. It was seven weeks long. And he works his way, and in the process, he encounters people. All kinds of people. And different situations and, and different circumstances. But that's part of the beauty of this journey. Jesus knows why he's going and where he's going, and he knows what's waiting. But along the way, he stops. He gets off the interstate. And he helps people. He deals with people's lives. And I want us to go with him over these next seven weeks because following Jesus is what we've just been talking about not a fan, but a follower. And we've seen that following Jesus is not just a decision, it's not just a label I decide to wear, I'm a Christian. Following Jesus is following Him, watching Him. What did He do? What did He say when He ran into that person? How did He handle that person? Because it's that way that we learn more about Jesus. Also in John 12, Jesus says, Whoever serves Me must follow Me. If you want to be Mine, let's go. Follow Me. Wherever I am, my servant's going to be there with me. And that's us. So I want us to go along on this journey. It's so important. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. There's a few people in the Bible that are mentioned in a couple books. But only for Jesus do we have four biographies of him. I think that tells us about how important it is for us to watch Jesus. And learn about him and learn from him and follow him so that we can go on this journey. And it's not just a duty. One of the things I want you to understand, as we go on this journey, we're going to benefit from going on this journey. Earlier in John in 8.12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. How do we gain that light of Jesus? Not by just claiming His name, not just by accepting Him in a decision, it's as we follow Him we gain the light of Jesus. Uh, we, We learn from Him. We get to know Him. We hear Him. We see how He interacts with people and that light of Jesus shines into our lives. And in the process, our appreciation for Jesus deepens. As we see all the different people he interacts with. The people he helps, but the people who challenge him. And how he responds to his critics. And how he responds to the religious leaders. And all the difficult situations he will be in as he faces the cross and completes this journey. But in all of that, we're going to learn about Jesus. And one of the other things I hope we realize is that we'll find ourselves in this journey. Because as we watch him go along this journey and the people he encounters, we're going to realize, ah, I'm like that person. Maybe it's like, I, I'm, I'm like that tax collector, or I'm like that woman, or I'm like Mary and Martha, or, or whatever it might be as we encounter these people, I'm like that cripple that Jesus stopped and healed. I need that too, Jesus. We're going to look at one of those cripples next week. And maybe some of us will sit there and say, I I think I'm like that person. But you see, in that is the hope of following Jesus because we realize He changed that person's life. Do you think that means He can change my life? Or maybe there's going to be somebody we know, a friend, a relative, a co-worker, and we're going to realize that person's just like the one Jesus changed their life, maybe Jesus could change their life. So I want us to go on this journey, to follow Jesus, and in the process, go to school. Because Jesus didn't just come to be our Savior, we know that He also came to raise up others to continue His work. We call them disciples. We are technically called disciples. It's sort of become a church term. We don't use it many other ways, but it was really a, a common term in Jesus' day. It was where you associated with a teacher and said, I want to learn from that teacher. And you didn't go to a classroom. You did exactly what the disciples did with Jesus. You sign on to follow that teacher, and you follow them around through life. And then the teacher stops and talks during the day, and at the end of the day, okay, class, what did we learn today? As we were in the temple, what did we learn? As we were in the market, what did we learn? Did you see how I did that? What did you learn? It's the apprenticeship. It's The most ancient form of learning. And still the most effective form of learning. Way beyond a classroom. But that's the mindset I want us to develop as we follow Jesus in these next weeks. One chapter later in John, in John 13, listen to what Jesus says. You're familiar with this, but hear it again. Jesus had just finished washing their feet. So this is in the upper room, Thursday night before he dies. They get together to celebrate the Passover meal, think Thanksgiving dinner, big celebration. But then Jesus stops and and takes his outer clothes off and starts washing all their feet. And they, of course, focus on him washing their feet and the extreme act of servanthood that that was. Normally, it would be the lowest person or a servant who would do that. And here's Jesus washing their feet. But then what happens? When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. Now, stop there for just a second. What would have been their answer? Yeah, we understand. What an act of servanthood. You just washed our feet. Wow, Jesus, thank you. But he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus said, guys, you think I just washed your feet and the purpose is I got your feet clean. It was more than that. Guys, this was class. This was servanthood 101. And part of why I washed your feet is I wanted you to watch me and see what it's like to be a servant so that you can follow my example. And you'll be blessed if you follow my example and treat others like you've watched me treat them. And that's the perspective I want to invite you to gain, in the ne- have in the next seven weeks. As we walk with Jesus and watch Him encounter people and what He does, and sometimes what He doesn't do, I want us to be there not just as observers or watching this cool story, but as students who are saying, this Jesus is my example. I need to follow Him. I'll be blessed if I get it and do like He does. And that's why I want us to go on this journey. We've spent the last six weeks saying, we want to be followers of Jesus. And I thought, what a perfect fit to say, okay, then let's follow him. And what a perfect time of the year as we go to Jerusalem. You've heard me say this other years. But I am always interested in how big a deal we make of Christmas and his birth. And we spend weeks preparing. And sometimes I watch churches maybe between Palm Sunday and Easter that make a big deal of what He does on the cross. And I think, you know, I think it ought to be the opposite. Because it's really because of His birth that we're excited about. We're, because of His death, we're excited about His birth. The big deal is what He did on Friday and what God did on Easter morning. And so I want us to use these seven weeks that we prepare ourselves to not miss a thing about what Jesus is going to do and how He's going to die and what it means for us and the people He dealt with. Come this Wednesday night as we have a prayer service to begin this season, this journey. If you use version, you're going to start seeing all kinds of Bible reading plans pop up. They'll be called Lenten, usually. Journey to Easter, whatever. Some great reading plans where you can do your daily Bible reading for this journey. That we can really be ready in our heads and our hearts for what comes at Easter time. As Christ goes into Jerusalem knowing what's waiting... As he takes the triumphal march and Palm Sunday, knowing that this same crowd is going to be screaming, crucify him on Thursday. What it was like for Jesus to take this whole journey. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to come on a journey to Easter. Not just Jesus' journey, but our journey. That we can watch him, walk with him, and learn from him. Because as he says, I've set you an example and you will be blessed if you follow me and do like I've done. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for coming to earth knowing what was going to be at the end of your life on this earth. Thank you. And I ask you to help us as we walk with you in these last seven weeks of your life on earth, that we could, like the disciples did, watch you, listen to you, and learn from you. Not just because it's a beautiful story or a powerful story, but because we want to learn how to be like you. We want you to be our example. So help us as we make this journey. Help us pay attention. Help us notice what you want us to notice. We will see you in all of your glory and praise you even more when Friday and Easter come. I ask this in your Son's name. Amen.